Welcome back to The Cross Stands as we ask the question, what do we believe? When God created, well, all things, God created the heavens and the earth and he created the sun and the moon and the stars. And after each thing that he created, the Bible says God looked at all that he would made, had made and saw that it was good. The sun and the moon and the stars were good. The mountains and the oceans and the forests were, were good. The birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the creepy things on the land and the cattle and everything else, they were good. But then we got to the sixth day. And God created man. Man and woman, he created them. In his own image, he created them. After his own likeness, he created them. And after God created man and woman, he looked back upon his creation and saw that it was very good. Not just good, but very good. So according to the Bible, human beings, man and woman, we are the pinnacle of creation. We are the reason that God made the world. That's what God tells us. He told St. Catherine of Siena, I think it was St. Catherine of Siena, he said, I would make the whole world again just to hear you say, I love you. That's all that God wants is to enter into this deep and abiding relationship with us. It's amazing to think that God created the entire universe, all the planets, all the galaxies, the moons and the asteroids and the stars and the, all the things in the universe, the things on our own earth, the mountains and the hills and the valleys and the, the oceans and the, the rivers and the seas, all to hear you say, I love you. All that he might draw you and me into communion with himself. God looks at the things that he made and says that it is good. And God looks at all of creation with man and woman, the crown of creation, the, the high point, the pinnacle of creation, and says it is not just good, but very good. In that same place in the scriptures in Genesis chapter 1 around verse 27, it says that God made man and woman after his image and in his own likeness. And the, some of the fathers of the church uh, said that they, well, these two things are different. That we are made in the image of God. That means that you and I are created as a son or as a daughter of God. Uh, that, that, that's, that's our destiny. That's why Jesus came and bring us into baptism or to bring us rather through baptism into divine filiation that we might truly be sons and daughters in Jesus Christ, the Son. And we, we don't ever lose, we don't ever lose the grace of our baptism. And even prior to that, we can, we can never, ever, 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 ever lose that we are created in the image of God because we have a soul, a rational soul. We have a mind which is part of the soul, that can think, and we have a will that can choose, and we're made after the image of God, and that can't ever go away. And so no matter what dehumanizing conditions happen, I was in Washington, D.C. recently. We were on pilgrimage for the March for Life, and we went to the Holocaust Museum, and we saw that the, quote, dehumanizing conditions in which the Jews were placed. But no matter what the Nazis thought about them, no matter who thought they were less than human, no matter what terrible conditions they were put in, they always, always, always retained the image of God. And that also holds true when we do very bad things. 
When we act in a way that is not in accord with our image, that is not in accord with our dignity, there is no crime that one can commit that robs them of the dignity due to them as a human person. Like I said, we were in D.C. for the March for Life, and even these abortion, quote, doctors, these murderers of little babies, they, they are still human beings. Murderers of other people are still human beings. People who commit the most heinous crimes and do horrible things are still human beings, still in the image of God. But, the fathers said, at least some of them, fathers of the church, that we can lose the likeness of God. Yes, I can never lose his image. Yes, I always have an intellect. I always have a will. I'm always a human person. I can't lose being a, being a human being. And therefore, I always have dignity and I always must be respected. But I can lose the likeness through various kinds of sin. I can obscure the fact that I'm, I, I, I'm supposed to look like God. I can obscure the family resemblance, so to speak, by, by my sin, by putting dirt on my face and by failing to take care of my soul. I can obscure. And that's what, that's what Adam and Eve did. They chose not God. They chose, uh, instead of um, prayer and instead of being in right, right relationship with creation, um, instead of humility, uh, they they choose, chose the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Eve saw the tr fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and seeing that it was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes and, and that it was desire, desirous for making one wise. She chose not God. And Adam, her husband, who was with her, failed to protect her and to protect the garden from the wiles and the deceits of, of Satan, the ancient serpent. And he too chose the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We'll talk, talk more about that uh, next time. But they, they chose not God and therefore they rejected the likeness of God. And it required Jesus Christ to come to take on the likeness of sinful flesh and to, uh, to enter into our own human experience and to give us the grace of baptism by which we can regain that likeness of God. And Jesus, he went even further than that. But even if, what if we are baptized, but then we fall into mortal sin, we again reject the likeness of God after our baptism. He gave us the sacrament of holy confession, which is seen, for example, in John chapter 20, in Leviticus chapter 5, and in James chapter 5 in the Bible, where he allows us to, to, to be restored to his likeness if, God forbid, we have the misfortune of choosing a and mortal sin. And so we can lose the, the likeness, but we can never lose the image. And thanks be to God in Jesus Christ, even the likeness to God can, can be restored. So we, there are, um, I guess, three movements in the maturity of, of a human being. Um, three movements in the restoration or I guess in our living our our subjectively appropriating our living in our lives this this likeness to God and that the three movements are self-knowledge self-possession and self-gift if I want to live truly as a human being I first have to take the advice which which is in the Bible and which is also 
in the ancient Greek wisdom, know thyself. Know who you are. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Know that you are loved by God. And know that you are a sinner. Know who you are. Come to know yourself. Then once I know myself, I realize that there are some ways that I'm a slave. If I know myself, I know my vices. I know those places where I choose not God, or I know those places where I choose which, what, what is not good for me. Um, for some of us, um, that has to do with um, um, simple things, like what we choose to eat. For some of us, it, it has to do with how we choose to shop. For many of us, that has to do with how we treat other people. It has, it, it has to do with um, whether we pray. And whether we thereby humble ourselves before God. But as we come to know ourselves, we realize that there are some things that I am a slave to. That there are some, some things that are not, make me not free. Perhaps they're at, they're at the level of addiction. But for many of us, they're not addictions. But they, they are things that I need to change. I need to change my relationship perhaps with food. Or I need to change my relationship with this or that kind of pleasure. I, I need to change how I relate to other people. I need to change my relationship with technology and with social media. I need to change um, my relationship with my body as I struggle with vanity or something like that. Like, wow, like, and now that I know myself, I beg God, God help me to come to possess myself. God help me to not be a slave anymore. And then as I grow in virtue, as I grow in freedom by the grace of God and through good human practices, such as fasting and other kinds of training, the other kinds of mortification, then, wow, now that I possess myself, then now that I'm not a slave, then I can give myself. And I can give myself to the other person. If I don't, you can't give what you don't have. And if I don't possess myself, if I'm a slave to this or that thing, well, then then my, my external relationships can't be rightly ordered either. If I don't possess myself, I can't give myself. And a human being is supposed to know himself and then possess himself and then, then give himself. And we give ourselves to those people whom we encounter every day. Um, we choose to love them. We choose to look in the eye of the other person to to do simple things like tell the other person hello simple things like make a smile at the other person now we we care for the poor as we're able we care for the people in our lives as we are able and then uh, for among men and women called to the vocation of marriage then man and a man and a woman they, they they fall in love romantically they choose to love each other in an exclusive way for the rest of their lives and then they give of themselves over and over again every day they give of themselves in their words when they make their marriage vows and they give of themselves in their bodies as they with the language of the body every time they enter into the marital embrace renew their marriage vows. And also they, they love each other with their bodies by doing things like, like smiling at one another and holding hands and taking out the garbage and, and, and cooking and uh, doing, all these, doing all these very practical things. But if a man or a woman enters into marriage without a possession of himself, well then, uh, well then it's a lot easier to be selfish. I say, I, I don't know. I don't want to take. I don't want to take out the garbage today. It's easier to um, instead of entering into the marital embrace, trying to give well, 
each give the give of the self to the others well i want to enter into the marital embrace because i desire this this uh, superficial pleasure or um or you know what i'm not going to listen i'm not going to take time to sit down and to listen to my spouse and to just hear what he or what she has to say hear what she's feeling hear what he's thinking and allow myself to be to be a gift to the other now first so human beings remain the image and likeness of God. We have to preserve the likeness of God. We have to repent and be restored to the likeness of God. If God forbid, we fall into mortal sin and even venial sins that uh, kind of cut away, kind of mar in small ways our likeness to God. We repent, we change. Repent means to change your mind. So we repent, we change our minds, we change our actions, and we come to further self-possession so that we can give ourselves to your spouse, if you're married, to every to, to other people um, in a, appropriate ways, in ways that are appropriate to the level of friendship or to the level of relationship. Um, for those who are not married or for those who are celibate, and we give ourselves away to to the other. Uh, speaking of the relationship between man and woman, St. Thomas Aquinas has some interesting thoughts about uh, Eve being taken from the from the side of Adam. Eve comes from from Adam's side. We often say a rib, but it's really more literally the Hebrew says uh, uh, God took of one of his sides and uh, St. Thomas Aquinas says, well, God could have chosen to take Eve from Adam's feet, but that would indicate that Eve was lower than Adam, and she's not. God could have chosen to take it from Adam's head, but that would have indicated that Eve was higher than Adam, and she's not. No, instead, God chose to take from Adam's side to show that Eve and Adam are, are equal complimentary sure men and women are certainly different and even among people of the same sex among women among men as we live in friendship or live in working relationships with one another uh, surely we're, we all are very different god has created a beautiful diversity among human beings but but we are all equal in dignity because we are all created in the image of god we all have the opportunity through the grace of Jesus Christ to come to share in his likeness. And we are supposed to be complementary to one another. And that's shown in a particular way in men and women, in a very particular way in a, in a man and a woman who are married as they give themselves to one another in this complementarity. And we see that, um, that yes, yes, we are equal. Yes, we are different. Men and women are different. And each human being, regardless of sex, is different but that God has made us to care for one another. God has made us to love one another. And each of us, some who are more talented and some who are less, each of us have gifts to contribute to humanity, gifts to contribute to the other. And so may we know ourselves, may we come to possess ourselves, and then might we give ourselves. Give ourselves, if you're married, certainly to your spouse, uh, if you have children, certainly to your children, or if you are children, certainly to your parents. And many of us have our parents who are still with us, whether we're older or younger. They give ourselves uh, among our in our schools, among our workplaces, to give ourselves to love the other, so that uh, the other people might other people might truly see not just the image, 
but even the likeness of God in our daily actions. And the world may be transformed little by little, over and over again, for the glorification of God and for the sanctification of man. So thank you for joining me today as we spoke of uh, the vocation of humanity, of man, of man, and of man and woman. Uh, next time is the bad news of the fall, the bad news of how we chose to sin and how we choose to sin. But don't worry, because coming is always the good news of Jesus Christ, that God has come to save us, to rescue us. God has left us in his image and has come himself to restore us to his life. I look forward to chatting with you next time. God bless you.